Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. Hope everyone's having a fantastic day. It is March 28th, 2023. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into today's podcast. You can find me on socials at capital PNW Professor on Twitter. You can also find my sports group on Facebook, Sports of the Northwest, with a Green Mariners Signia logo in the background. Today's podcast is going to be a doozy. Apologies for the gap and delay between podcasts. I was out of the country on vacation, spending some much time need with my lovely lady, and uh, experienced Canada and Victoria for the first time. So that was a great experience. And with that being said, hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. We have a overview of the Seahawks offseason. I want to talk about a couple of things from Mariners Spring Training, a couple of small takeaways. But today's going to be pretty heavy football. Uh, we got a couple of things. And then I have a new segment here for today's podcast. A little tease for you guys. So stay tuned until the very end of the show to find out about that. But with that being said, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe and leave a rating if you are on apple you can leave me a written rating on there if you are on spotify or google Podcasts or samsung podcast or however you're finding this podcast with your various podcast platforms you can leave me a star rating that would be so much appreciated thank you even though about that english was terrible okay let's go ahead and get the big monkey out of the old box here you know Whatever the correct statement is or slang statement for this is. Okay, look. Lamar Jackson is dominating news right now. It is. And it drives me nuts because I have been very, very vocal on my podcast here about how I feel about how this whole process has went down with Lamar Jackson and his agent and his mom and his personal rep- rep- representation, excuse me, and what he's been looking for out of the organization as far as contract and detail-wise goes. There was an initial report that apparently was false. I think it was probably true, but Lamar just didn't want that numbers out there in the world. He doesn't want his business being leaked. As KJ Rice just counted on the man's pocket. Um, with three years, 133, fully guaranteed. I voiced my opinion. I thought it was idiotic to not take the deal. I thought it was stupid. I would, you know, as an average Joe, you know. Of of uh, what's that gem for uh, dodgeball? Like global gem, whatever it is. I I just think it's a tremendous waste of on of an opportunity. And people are gonna say, well, you don't play football, so how would you know? I don't. I but that's why I sit around here and I talk into a microphone and I tell you guys how how I feel. And if I'm the Ravens, right? I'm in the beautiful seat because Lamar is gonna have to come back. The teams that have the draft capital to get Lamar Jackson are incredibly limited. And also, not just the draft capital, how about the money to give him for a contract that he wants? He says, uh, I believe it was yesterday when I wrote up this podcast prep that, quote, I'm not looking for a, a quote, Deshaun Watson kind of contract. Um, Excuse my French. Bullshit. That is BS. You have been very, very candid about this from the very beginning, Lamar Jackson, that you want a fully guaranteed contract, okay? Do us all a favor. Do the Baltimore fans a favor. I've seen your tweet. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's three pages long about how you didn't, you didn't, like, all the information. Don't trust the information. The information we're getting is from your team, and your team is your mother, Lamar Jackson, you don't have an agent. So who the hell is speaking upon your behalf for you? That isn't coming out of your lips. Okay? This is 
He is quickly turning into Aaron Rodgers for me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say it the way I say it. I see a spade for a spade, a club for a club, and a diamond for a diamond, right? I'm a big card game person. I like card games. I think sometimes this makes an interesting analogy. But here's the point. The Ravens are in the catbird seat here. Lamar Jackson, do you want to go sneak a train? Go ahead. Go go talk. Go talk to the Jets that don't want you. They want Aaron Rodgers still. That's a whole different conversation. I'm not talking about Aaron Rodgers today. I will not do it. But like I'm looking at teams like I've heard the Titans. Titans don't have the kind of draft capital. And if they, I mean, let's just say in a hypothetical world, if they did, then why did you draft Malik Willis? Why waste a third round pick on a kid that you're never going to play with? Granted, Malik Willis was God awful last year for those Titans. And Derrick Henry, he's going to be turning 30 here pretty soon. And what happens with running backs as they get older? Their longevity shortens. So I look at the Titans, doesn't make sense. The only team, to me personally, but that I I could kind of see this making work, but the fit does not work because of the statements that came out today, are the Indianapolis Colts. I said the Colts have the fourth overall pick. Um, they have, you know, a fourth overall pick that's really high, obviously. But, I mean, they have extra draft capital. Their money on the books is looking pretty good right now. I don't know what exactly their cap numbers are, how strapped they are against the cap. But Jim Irsay, their GM, their owner, came out this morning and very, very candidly said, I will not pay a fully guaranteed contract. And he is incentivizing in some kind of a way, which in a correct term is collusion among other owners, do not pay Lamar Jackson what he wants. Because if Lamar Jackson gets it, hell's gates will break open. The gates of God of Mordor. And Lord of the Rings will break down and tens of thousands of orcs will speed and stampede through and make a giant mess, right, in the Elven City. Can't remember the Elven City, but I'm going with it anyways. So look, Baltimore fans, if there are Ravens fans listening to this podcast, first of all, I appreciate you. Second of all, just stay patient. We've played this game here in Seattle. Russell Wilson, you have until such and such date at midnight to get a deal. Did they get a deal done? Sure. Russell Wilson won a friggin' Super Bowl. Russell Wilson was a better quarterback at his time and point than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, MVP? You betcha. Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl? Nope. Does he have a wide receiver to throw to right now besides for Rashad Bateman? Nope. Devin Duvernay's not a bad player, but he's like a Percy Harvin. So long story short, Lamar, just stop this, man. Stop the attention. More attention you get, the bigger your narrative becomes, and the more you're like Aaron freaking Rodgers. So cut the crap. Okay, that's number one. I'm coming in hot today, ladies and gentlemen. So just FYI. Um, roughing the passer reviews, unlikely to be uh, had in this year's current version of, of the NFL. There's been a lot of speculation. People have been clamoring for... If there is, if plays are, are reviewable, like it's pass interference, it's holding, it's everything else, it's roughing. Why can't we do roughing the passer? Because we all know, every person that watches an NFL game knows at least one to two times in the course of a game, the NFL referees are going to throw a penalty for roughing the passer, unnecessary roughness, 
You can't, you know, sorry they don't have an inflatable instantaneous pillow like those lifeguard machines or lifeguard little hacks that you have when the moment it touches the water, it expands out in the blink of a second to keep you from drowning to death. Sorry, that's dark, but I'm going somewhere with this, okay? The NFL is starting to become outdated. Look at what Major League Baseball is doing, right? A lot of people hate that Major League Baseball is changing. I love it. Football, let's go, baby. Like, smell the burning coffee grounds, that you got from Starbucks. It's their specialty, right? This is why. This is why we need an updated version. We need CBAs to be updated. I think every single year a CBA or every two years, not every five. That's ridiculous, right? Because the league is constantly adapting. It's constantly evolving. And it's constantly changing. So that's my two cents on that. I wish that they would incorporate this. I think it would make for a... It would make more time for reviews, but it would make the game, the end result, have less questions about what happened during that game. We have a pretty legitimate starting pitching injury to a Yankees pitcher. And then when we're done with that, I have a quick update about the Cardinals and DeAndre Hopkins. And we are having a baseball, not just Mariners, we're having a baseball section. And I'll get into that here in just a second. But Luis Severino... For those of you who do not know, he is a starting pitcher for the New York Yankees. He has been what was a pretty highly touted prospect, been around for a few years, really hasn't amounted or accumulated to anything in his career. They had Domingo Herman, Luis Severino, the list goes on, blah, 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 right? And he just hasn't been able to do much. The Yankees have by far the worst injury luck I've seen in spring training in probably five years. Like, this is awful. Carlos Rodon is out. Severino is out. Um, I think there. I don't. I'm sorry. There's one more other pitcher that is on the IL. They are in terrible shape. Uh, like, and that's why I, there's been a lot of conversations between Mariners and Yankees. We're not going to get into that right here, right now. But there's definitely going to be a trade for the Yankees to get some starting pitching help because they desperately need it. Cardinals, as I mentioned earlier, about a minute or so ago. Uh, they're looking for, quote, a Christian McCaffrey kind of deal. Hey, Arizona, let me do y'all a favor right now. You're smoked out. You're not getting a Christian McCaffrey kind of package for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins has got a crap ton of money due. He does. He It's it's too much money. He's a good player. He's not worth $20 million. He's not worth $15 million to me. You want to talk 10 to... 12 and a half, 13 tops. We can have a conversation. But DeAndre Hopkins got busted for PDs last year. People forget about this. DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt all the freaking time. And the Cardinals were stupid enough to give him the contract because the Arizona Cardinals are the worst run organization in football. I said it with my chest. As Michael Bumpus says, say it with your chest. Well, I'm saying it. Look what they did. They gave the petulant crybaby Kyler Murray like a hundred plus million dollars fully guaranteed. You screwed the pooch the moment you had the pen touch the parchment when it comes to that, right? You bring in JJ Swat, you ruin the rest of his career. You go in, you get James Conner, you do nothing with him. He literally is the only thing they have on offense that's worth a single crap. I'm doing my best to keep this as PG as possible. I'm struggling right now. I hate the Cardinals. They're a crap organization. They have a they had the I Cliff Kingsbury. Thank God he's gone because that's one of the few few people in the world 
I'd love to give a piece of my mind to because he just looks like just an egotistical SOB, you know. But the new coach that they got in there, he ain't anything better. He's making shooting gun noises, pew, 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 grenades, explosions. What the holy trinity of hell is going on in Arizona? They get rid of Steve Kime, GM, gone, bye-bye, sayonara, hasta la vista, right? You get rid of Cliff Kingsbury, not kicking in his penthouse suite with whatever pet iguanas he thinks he has. He's such a weirdo. And then you were, you're like, oh, yeah, I want to come to Arizona because I got a franchise quarterback. Of course, that's what you're going to say. Of course, that's what you're going to say when you're trying to cover your ass. You're full-ass grown men. You're, you're a white dude, 6'2", probably 200 pounds tops. You know what I'm saying? I don't advocate for violence ever because it's not the world that we live in. It's not what I do here. And most of all, it's messed up beyond repair. But this coach better come in and do some things the right way. Or one of them boys going to look at him and be like, bruh. You ain't nothing better than KK, Cliff Kingsbury. Just saying. So get your crap right. Get this organization going the right direction. Or be gone with you. That's my initial segment for today. Oh, this is going to be good. Shortstop. We're down to the MLB section. Transition was, was not the greatest. But we're rolling with it today. Anthony Volpe. The top prospect. Top shortstop prospect in all of baseball for one New York pinstripe god-awful Yankees. Sucks to suck. Um... He has officially made the opening day roster for the Yankees. Very excited for this young man. He is one hell of a talented player. Nothing against the kid. Sucks he's in the organization. No due disrespect. Kid I grew up with uh, was a huge Yankees fan. All love to you. But as, as he's known, I ain't never going to change. I was raised to despisedly hate the Yankees and the pinstripes. And nothing's ever going to stop that from happening for me. Um, Joey Votto. 14-year run he had with making the opening day roster. Unfortunately, that 14-year run has officially ended. He is going to start the season on the IL. Uh, no, I didn't exact, uh, excuse me, I did not get the exact injury that he is dealing with at this current time. But, you know, I, I really do love Joey Votto. Such a good guy, man. Great. He's in a just garbage. Garbage. Garbitis as Michael Bumpus says, right, uh, organization, right? They don't care about winning. They've never cared about winning. That's why they traded Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, Luis Castillo. They should have traded Joey Votto. But if they trade Joey Votto, the city is going to legitimately, like, riot. Because what are you going to root for? Hey, you got Jake Fraley. Jake Fraley is a god to a lot of us here in Mariner's lore. Thor, Zeus, I mean, the dude had a beautiful beard. He had a really good stick against right-handed pitching. He had a really good athleticism, could run well, had a cannon for an arm. I miss Jake Fraley all the time. I said it last season. I stand by my words. If they would have kept Jake Fraley over over Jesse Winker, the Mariners probably would have won that series against the Houston Astros. Hot take. Sergio Romo, God bless you. We're going to do a, a soft round of a clap here. Round of a round of clap. Round of applause for one Sergio Romo. Uh, he was not great here at all by any terms for the Seattle Mariners, but he had an absolutely amazing career. World Series champion, 16 seasons. Fastball was like 88 miles an hour. Huge goatee. Off-field stuff I, I thought was incredibly humorous. We're not going to get into that because that's not very kid-friendly here. But 
Congrats to Sergio Romo and his family and the Giants organization, Hunter Pence, the whole moment that was recorded on Twitter and all of the different various platforms last night. Sergio, congratulations on an absolutely amazing career. I think, you know, you would have a Hall of Fame. That's going to be a tough conversation for Sergio. But, you know, we look at relief pitchers like, obviously, Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, the list goes on, like Goose Gossage, stuff like that. I don't know if Romo makes the Hall of Fame. But he's definitely deserving to be in the Giants Hall of Fame and hang a banner up in that in that uh I believe that's uh I'm trying to remember the name of the ballpark. I can't apologies, which I think it's like PNC Park, but I think PNC Park is for the uh Pittsburgh Pirates. So apologies for that. I cannot remember the name of their ballpark off the top of my head. If I get it at the end, I will spit it out at some point in time. Tampa Bay Rays. I am so pumped for this. This is back to my childhood. Every Friday home game night they play in Tampa Bay, they will be using the old retro Tampa Bay Double Ray jerseys that were absolute fire. Throwback to the days of Carl Crawford. Booyah! That's, those were good days. Um, Orioles top pitching prospect Grayson Rodriguez was sitting down at the AAA. Not a shocker there by any, any fashion at all. He struggled mightily almost the entirety of spring training. And in order for you know Baltimore to take that next step, they have to have a homegrown pitching. Not an ace, but somebody to lead the rotation. Um, I, th- I, don't, I don't even know if they even have you like John Means anymore. I, I like John Means, but John Means was definitely not nearly as good as he was this year as he was year before last. And then the last thing is the Atlanta Braves have unveiled the Hank Aaron City Connect jerseys that are absolute fire. They're drip, um, as the kids say these days. Uh, definitely not mid, no cap. Uh, and Greece, right? I think I need to go rinse my mouth out with some scope because that was about as much as I'm going to get out of that. Mariners, let's go, baby. CS Rise. Last set of roster cuts happened yesterday. Right-handed relief pitcher Justin Topa and shortstop Mason McCoy were optioned to AAA Tacoma. Tommy Lastella makes the roster uh, pending a last-minute trade. I know, I'm not trying to throw shade at Tommy. I'm really not. It's not his fault. He's been battling injuries. We have a legitimate friggin' problem with J.P. Crawford being battling injuries already. He was battling injuries all of last season besides for like the first month of the season. And it just, he was bad. He was, I'll, I'll call it what it is. J.P. Crawford was awful last year. And if you try and tell me differently, you were not watching the same games on the same channel for Root Sports that the rest of us were. He had a good first month. He had a couple of home runs. He hit that home run, I believe, off of Sandy Alcantara. Fine enough, I think there's a stat that J.P. Crawford, the Mariners were the only team to hit the home runs off of Sandy Alcantara, or like two out of the very few that he allowed, or some f- fun, f- some freaking weird stat. Anyways, we're going on. We're continuing. We're pushing through today. Um, I've talked about Tommy. I've talked about the Yankees. I think that what we're going to see, you're not going to see a trade between the Yankees and the Mariners happen Anytime soon. I don't. Marco Gonzalez is going to go on uh, paternity leave for uh, the arrival of his second child. Congrats to him and his wife on that. Marco did not look great in his last outing, uh, last spring training game in general for the squad, for the team. Uh, Played against San Diego. A lot of fair amount of decent contact. Didn't record a strikeout, anything like that. A lot of people are clamoring. Why are we even going with Marco Gonzalez when Bryce Miller is clearly so much better? I can't disagree with the notion that the upside of Bryce Miller is considerably higher than Marco Gonzalez, right? That's a fact. 
What I can re like re re rebuke with, excuse me here, or kind of have a comeback or a turnaround like a pretzel here, is that Bryce Miller just needs time. He needs time. He like he has not had that many starts underneath his belt, like of actual quality, legitimate starts. He's in Double A. Him and Prelander are in Double A. I would like him to be in Triple A, but they'd literally jump George Kirby from Double A to major leagues and stuff like that. Logan, the same thing. But ultimately, people just, I hate to use this term because I will say patient, and then two weeks later, I'll say, what are we doing? We're wasting games. We're wasting opportunities, right? I totally understand where that comes from. But in order for Bryce Miller to become his true potential, he needs to groom, he needs to grow, and he needs to work on the other aspects of his game besides for throwing a flamethrowing fastball and two sliders and a changeup. So that is something to keep an eye on. Cooper Hummel did make the last roster spot. Congrats to, to, to Cooper Hummel. I love it. I want some more of it. Uh, four home runs tied with Jerry Kelnick for, for the spring. He just forced the hand of Jerry and Scott. He played too good. Or too well, excuse me. Too good. That's not exactly great English. Anyways, um, it's been a really good spring for Cooper Hummel. I'm also glad to see that Kyle Lewis is still uh, playing and progressing pretty well for uh, Arizona. But let's let's just talk about the starting pitching here just for a brief second, okay? And then from that, we're going to transition in, into the Seahawks because I have uh, the offseason review, in my opinion, of what the Seahawks have done. We're going to go over all of the moves, stuff like that, and my grade at the end and why I feel that way and how that grade and the offseason moves they've done will change the draft position. But look, look like just listen, just listen to this, right? Obviously, you guys are listening to the podcast. Who am I to speak to, right? George Kirby, nine strikeouts. Logan Gilbert, utilizing the ghost forkball. Gross. Strikeouts with that pitch, even better. Robbie Ray continuing to just flat out dominate, which is I, I want to see. Fastball velo up at least two miles an hour. Slider has more depth. Splitter is dropping off the, the bloody page, right off the edge of the cliff with the rest of Lemmings, right? Whatever you want to call it. This rotation, Castillo's been better, but he always starts slow, right? People just pump the brakes on Luis Castillo. He'll be just fine. Okay, he starts out slow and he works up and builds up his velo and his stamina and all that stuff. The longer we get in to the regular season, this rotation is going to carry this team as far as it's going to go. We all know they need to hit the ball more. That is not a uh, not a rocket science statement by any means. Right. But the facts are the facts. This team is built upon pitching and defense and timely hitting. I think that we're going to see a huge rise out of George Kirby this year. I think there's a good chance George Kirby is the second best pitcher in this rotation at the end of the season. Hell, he could be one. I don't know. But when you're talking about Robbie Ray, who's looking back to Cy Young form, George Kirby, who's coming into his truly first full season in the big leagues, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, uh, Marco Gonzalez slash Bryce Miller slash, I mean, whoever the hell else is going to come in, Chris Flexen, of course. This rotation is... By a lot of the metrics, a lot of the very popular hands, you know, players at hand via Jeff Passan, Jason Stark, Buster Olney. Um, the list goes on. Cespedes Family Barbecue with uh, Jordan Schusterman. The, all of them, every single one, are saying this Mariners team is going to compete for a championship. Because the pitching is that good. You got Teoscar Hernandez. I'm not going to go over every move, right? But 
it's if, if people for any godforsaken reason did not believe in what happened last year as a fluke and what we've done in the offseason, did they should they or could they have uh, acquired another substantial bat? Yeah, that would have helped. Did they probably shoot themselves in a foot at shortstop? Yeah, we all probably feel that. If you want to say that they didn't do anything wrong with keeping on a, a J.P. Crawford, I would love to have that conversation with you. You can find me on Twitter, capital PNW Professor. But the Mariners are in great position. Houston is in a bit of a pickle right now. Jose Altuve with the with the broken thumb, he's out two months. He hasn't even. That's gonna be two months before he even starts baseball activities. There's a chance Jose Altuve returns like a month before the All-Star break. And if that happens, it is time to capitalize on the opportunity and smear these cheating Houston Astros back to where they come from. I uh, I hate, I hate the Houston Astros. They are cheaters. Their fans are delusional. Their organization and their um social networking people are petty. Oh yeah, and they quote mocking us, CS Rise. You know why you mock us? Because you're afraid of us. Because we have a better PR team than you. We have a better pitching staff rotation than you. You lost Justin Verlander. Lance McCullers can't even throw a baseball right now. You're relying on Hunter Harvey as your next upcoming piece? And for all knows, he could be good. Who the hell knows? But hey, Houston, let me make this abundantly clear. Any Houston Astros fans listening to this, let me make this abundantly clear for you. We're coming for your ass. And either you get out of the way or step aside. Because there's one team in the Pacific Northwest and the American League West that will reign supreme this season and is one Seattle Mariners led by one Julio Elite Rodriguez. That's what I got to say about that. Boom, drop the mic. We're transitioning right into Seahawks football. Bobby has returned. The Seahawk, the captain, El Capitan, right? He is returned. He's back to the fold. He's pumped. He's he's rejuvenated. He's energized. We're ready to kick some ass this year. Gino, the whole squad. I'm going to get in this whole breakdown, right? A couple things I want to get into before I go to like the whole offseason review. It's very short. It's literally Sidney Jones signed with the Bengals yesterday, one-year deal. I have not seen the exact money numbers on that, but I'm very happy for Sidney Jones. He's not a bad player. He's going to be a quality depth piece for the Bengals, and it's a great opportunity. Look what happened with Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers went to Cincinnati, balled out. Really happy for him. Who the hell knows? Maybe Sidney Jones does the same, but let's not let's not beat around the bush here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into this offseason review. Because this is just as tasty. This is like fresh pico de gallo with good chips. This is real tasty. Okay. Geno Smith. Okay. And this is apologies. I'm reading a list. This is my list. So if you don't like list, le- uh, list reading, you should probably skip about a minute or two. Okay. Geno. $10 million cap hit for 2023. Solid. Defensive lineman. Draymond Jones. A.K.A. Dre Jones. Three years. 48 plus, plus million. That's the bare minimum contract. 50 plus is with incentives and in-game incentives. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Signed linebacker Devin Bush, who was a top 10 pick. Pittsburgh had an ACL injury, could not get back to his previous form. 24 years old, one-year deal, $3.5 million on that deal. Signed center Ben Jones, which I think is a solid, underrated deal. Two-year deal, 6'3", 320 pounds of man at center. Austin Blythe, God bless you. Wish you the best on your retirement and your future endeavors. I could definitely see him being a podcast or a radio guy because he's a very intelligent man. That 
we needed more mass. We did because he was getting ran over constantly. Anything that was bigger than him, uh, a.k.a. Aaron Donald, and that's just one example, we needed bigger guys. The, the Niners just literally ate him up. Javon Kinlaw ate him up. And I'm just, I'm glad to see we're getting some monstrous men who can kind of reinforce that front line because, as we all know, you win a football game in the trenches. Obviously, we, we signed Bobby on the one-year $7 million deal. Safety Julian Love, which I love this deal. Two years, uh, two-year two, two deal. It's reported right around $12 million, give or take. I'll get more information as those become concrete. Uh, we signed Phil Haynes, Nick Ballor, Jason Myers, Drew Locke. Uh, lost, obviously, running backs Rashad Penny, Travis Homer. As I talked about, Austin Mites retire. Marcus Goodwin went to Cleveland. Okay, we all know Seattle Seahawks at number 5 and 20, right? Needs, in my opinion, edge rusher, number 1. Defensive lineman, number 2. Linebacker, 3. Running back, number 4. Wide receiver, number 5. I did not put a quarterback on here because of the fact that they re-signed Drew Locke. They brought back uh, Geno Smith, obviously, blah, 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 right? We all we all know that. But we're seeing the, the crew going around from place to place taking selfies. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Next is going to be Anthony Richardson, right? Every single big-time quarterback prospect they're, they're linked to. I think it's positioning. I think it's a smokescreen. I think if somebody's going to try and come up and acquire that pick, they want to make it as juicy and as valuable as possible because trading the pick for a player that's not a quarterback drastically changes the value of that pick. And I like what they're doing. I think they're just increasing the value at number five, and I'm good for it. I would love for them to stay at five. If you can trade down maybe to seven, I do not, do not trade out of the top 10. I've heard about these trade proposals with Washington Commanders for like 17. No, get the hell out of Dodge. Kiss that dream goodbye. Grab a Louisville slugger and smack that idea out of the ballpark because that's not going anywhere. That is garbage. You got to beat these. My pipe dream, my absolute dream player at number five today, and this is possible to change. As we get closer to draft, I think it's Will Anderson. I really do. He's what they call the one blue chip prospect in this draft. He is a legit stud muffin, right? Stud muffin. I'm. This is just funny. You know, it's like a dad saying, right? Anyways, I like Will Anderson a lot. Um, as far as the other as the other people go, J, J, uh, excuse me, Jalen Carter. I don't want any piece of that dude. You show up nine pounds overweight. You came and finish your drills? You can't you don't take this seriously. You don't give a damn. You don't care about football. Jalen Carter, you care about the millions. We've seen this before. It's called Malik McDowell, and we ain't doing that crap again. So that's the way I feel. I'm gonna be doing like a when we get closer and closer to draft, which we're less than a month away. That's awesome. I cannot wait for this. That the more mock drafts I get, aka Mel Kuyper. Todd McShay, um, Mel Kuyper still has Ray Richardson at five and then has um, Jackson Smith and Jigba at 20. That's been popular. We've seen Tyrese Wilson, blah, 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 right? But I'm going to wait for like um, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. I put a lot. I think I mean myself personally, myself personally, that's a double standard. Anyway, that's funny. I see more value in Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft than I do Mel Kuyper. No, no, do disrespect Mel Kuyper, the the draft father, the the whatever he, um, 
shoot, who called that? Brady Henderson called him like the draft father or something, right? I got a lot of love for Mel Kuyper. He got about 25,000 pounds of hair gel and grease in there over the last, I don't know how many years. It's never changed. That's impressive. You put in a crap ton of work. I almost dropped another bomb there, but I'm trying to keep it clean for you guys today. Um, I've, I've seen some things about Hendon Hooker at five. No, 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 no. You want to talk about Malik Hooker at second round? Yeah, we can have a conversation about that. Um, but like I said, quarterbacks on all, all my list of needs. I mean, a lot of people are going to say you're crazy. You get number five pick. You don't get this very often. You need to take advantage and get the best player available. I agree with that. And if the best player available at that time, and I'm going to sound hypocritical like I'm talking in reverse about what I just said. If the best player available at five is a quarterback, you take the quarterback. But if you have a player that you view as the same level of player or same level or tier level of player as that quarterback, if it's defensive line, or I, I would assume it's only de- defensive line, there's nobody else I would see a valuable at that, you know, specific pick number, that you go defensive line. Because when this team was at its pinnacle, we had a rookie quarterback, we had a disgusting de- defensive line that just made life hell for quarterbacks. Okay, I teased at the beginning of this podcast, I had a new, I had a new segment for you guys. It's called The Last Word. And I'm, this is something I've wrote. Just something I've been thinking about and something that means a lot to me. I hope you guys enjoy this. This isn't very long, but this is something that I'm going to be working on here on the podcast as like my exit note for this podcast, obviously, but something for people to reminisce off of because we are in spring now. And with that being said, let's go and get the last word for today's podcast. With opening day on the horizon, spring has finally arrived. The infamous sounds of clacks of the cleats, the cracks of the bats, snaps of the mitt, the, ch- the snap of the gum, the spitting of seeds, the smell of permeating garlic going around the 46,000 seated beautiful ballpark that we call home, T-Mobile Park, awaits us in just a few measly days. As you approach the concourse, we all hear John, John Fogarty's center field playing on all the speakers in the concourse, people rejoicing, the smiles, the smells, the, the encouragement, the engagement in, in between fans. This is what makes baseball the greatest sport in the world. You look at what this team has to offer with our current Mariners, the 2023 Mariners. The sparkling green eyes of one Julio Rodriguez. The swagger of the rock, Luis Castillo. The fire of one, the Hulk, as I call him, or Sheriff Sewell, Paul Seawald. Los Bomberos, you will have a spot in our hearts for years and years beyond as it, as it grew and was born and brought into this world last season. And as the infamous words of the greatest broadcaster in the history of Seattle, Dave Niehaus said so famously, welcome home, baseball. Welcome home. With that being said, I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. With that being said, I will catch you guys on the next one. I will possibly have a podcast up before opening day. If I don't, we will have reactions from opening day the day afterwards. Hope you guys have a super fantastic day. Thank you guys so much for listening. See us, Rise.